0: Welcome to episode 318 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto team, welcome along to episode 318 of I Am Talk with coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? I am very good. And you? I'm good, mate. Just pretty much, just woke up. Nice. Because late flight last night, got on to New Zealand at about Crosschurch at about, Mm.
1: well, about midnight. Yeah, the late night Mm. flights, they're cheapies from
0: Aussie. Yeah, cheapies from the GC. It was pretty cool. Anyway, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by...
1: Coffeesofway.com
0: could do one of those right now, actually, to be honest. <laughs> Athletes.com. Social networking for endurance athletes.
1: And Extreme Endurance. Uh, electric Buffer. There we go. There
0: we go. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm giving you. In this week's show, we've got some news. It's a bit of a traditional show, really, isn't it? Uh, we've got news. We've got an age group of the week. We've got a website of the week.
1: Coach's Corner, what's that on? A little bit about um, optimistic thinking. Mm-hmm. So I did a course last week, and uh, this was just a, a, one of the topics. And Bevan's got some thoughts on that as well.
0: Yeah. Um, and then we also have a questions and
1: answers at the end. Okay. So first of all, news
0: and a news this week. Well, we had a piece on Andrew. How do you say his name? I think it was Stark. Starkowitz.
1: I think. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, last week we had him. Uh, you know, all the talk last week was how he spent four months in jail. Blah blah. blah and we kind of, we, well, you know what. We kind of did our piece on it, we read our piece, his piece.
1: Yeah, but I guess we only got one side of the story. Um, when that, so this was a guy, Andrew Starkowitz, who had a crash and rode into somebody in the Abu Dhabi triathlon earlier in the year, and then he had all sorts of issues uh, getting out of the country. So we basically read his blog post that he did last week, and uh, or he did a little while ago, and our interpretation of it was that he'd been in jail for five months and uh, and it was horrific and the the, triath- uh, the Triathlete magazine online have got a, a much more balanced um, interpretation of what actually happened and it appears he only had one night in jail um, but the big issue was that he couldn't get out of the country, they took his passport off him um, and the race organisers it seems were extremely... Um, trying to be as, as helpful as they possibly could. They offered to put him up in a hotel, they offered to um, help with legal, um, legal assistance and, uh, and really were trying to go out of their way to, to try to resolve the situation. So last week it, it sounded horrific and well, it's still five months of his life that he essentially was stuck and trapped. But was, it, was it only six weeks? When
0: you read the article I got the impression it was only six weeks he was there. Okay. I could be wrong but I was reading the articles before and I got the impression that actually he wasn't there for that long.
1: Anyway, so I think the main thing was we, we probably jumped the gun a bit and didn't get both sides of the story um, and it sounds like, still, it's, it still sounds pretty rough that um, but what happened but it um, sounds like the race organisers did everything they could to try to help him out but when you're dealing with the legal side of things and sometimes things take a little while to sort of get... Get rolling. So, if you want to check it out, go to uh, the Triathlon Magazine, and um, and you can read an article that's got comments both from Andrew and also from the race organisers, and it gives a more of a balanced view. And um, I yeah. put a link
0: to that on Talked to Me. I thought we'd put the second piece of news about who the Wirtle because we've got quite a few emails about that. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, so give us a scoss on that one. So, here the Wirtle last week we discussed she was rolling in first place at Ironman Quarter Lane, and then she had a mechanical, and yeah, I I couldn't quite figure it out because it seemed like she was still right in contention off the bike yes she lost um, a bit of time to the eventual winner Meredith Kessler but it seemed like she was in second place and then sort of just dropped off the radar on the run so I wasn't sure quite what was going on I was just watching a bit of text updates and stuff and as it transpired she she got uh, another one another one of the pro athletes actually gave her their bike because they were having a shocker of a day and she rode that bike into transition and it was uh, about a million sizes too small because Heather Wirtle was quite a big tall unit and um and so she finished the bike and went on and did the run she'd been told she'd been given given a penalty I think during the run she was told that she was going to be disqualified but she was saying that she wanted to just carry on and she had appeal the decision at the end um, and the, the, the at the end of the day they said if you don't pull off you know there's going to be more consequences you could face a, a ban after the race and so I think at some stage fairly late in the course she finally um, like, literally like 40ks into it yeah she basically yeah. pulled the pin and and um, and didn't finish the race because she was worried about the sanctions after the race. So, I guess the, 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 what it brings up is you know um, outside assistance. You obviously can't get any outside assistance from non-competitors but as we've seen here you can't get any assistance whatsoever from other athletes in the race so whether we think that's right or wrong that is the rules and she did break the rules and so they were just upholding them well
0: when i was reading her uh, her piece about it her argument was that that they don't actually have that in their rules they don't say that you can't take assistance from people within the race they just say you can't take outside assistance from people outside the race and so her argument was that you know
1: you are, are actually allowed to take some support from people within the race I don't think so. Did you read all the way to the bottom or yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, my interpretation was that you can't get any assistance from anybody in the race, um, and there's, there is slightly differing rules um, between WTC and ITU, um, and it depends where in the world you might be racing and which rules they are adopting. Um, so, what well, I, th- I think a number of people, and they may have posted on that, that, that story there, is what about Chrissy Wellington when she got uh, given the, the gas canister from Rebecca Keat um, when she had that puncture? Outside assistance, she went on to win the race. Yeah. Um, so, it's a tricky one. Yeah, um, because that's the exact same situation, really, isn't it? Oh, it's exactly the same. Yeah, well, it's not exactly the same, but it's but getting it's it's outside assistance. Yeah. 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 So, the line, isn't it? Hmm. Um, I totally agree with not getting outside assistance from. Um, people not involved in the race but people within the race um, I don't know It's. Uh, I guess it's in the spirit got, it's got to be in the spirit of fairness You know, what if one person gets assistance from somebody else in the race and they carry on and do well and somebody else has something similar but they don't get assistance I'm not quite sure um, I know that in challenge one of the challenge races in the last couple of weeks there's a picture of a guy on YouTube and that was sort of do it, going around the the sort of the YouTube circuit and he was right he'd grabbed a bike off some farmer oh, just so he could gold, finish it, off yeah. the bike and it was this old dunger and he was in a tri-suit it looked classic um, so yeah I, I, I think they just up, upheld their rules to be honest in this situation but it's um, something to think about
0: yeah totally oh, well it was interesting yeah it would have been interesting if in Kona they had gone harder on Mm. that would have been you know that they wouldn't have gone down well, would have it? Mm, no, no, that wouldn't have gone down <laughs> very well at all. Okay, well we've got Ironman, the K Turn, Ironman Austria's what's
1: K Turn. Um, no idea, but give him a plug because they're sponsoring a race. Yes. Good on them.
0: <laughs> and uh, Ferris sort took it out,
1: and it sounded like a steaming hot day, like crazy, crazy hot, sort of uh, forty degrees temperature, um, and the times, you know. Com- I don't know whether they've changed the course at all uh, the heat obviously would have slowed things down a bit but you've got to think the times here so Ferris Al Salton won in 8.11 and we've got to remember that Marino van Holnecker, um did what about 8.45 yeah. something like that there in the past so massively slower Ferris is pr- probably not quite on par with Marino at these days in this, in this race but I wouldn't have thought there'd be um, you know 25 minutes in it, so. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Ferris went on, he had a, a good steady race, You he know, swam 50-57, so for that race, I can tell, well again, working off memory here, I'm pretty sure that Marino, oh, I know, maybe it was a non-wetsuit versus wetsuit swim, it was a non-wetsuit swim this year, maybe it's normally a wetsuit, because I seem to remember from last year, Marino probably swam mid-40s. Oh really? Um and so I'm picking... And Ferris maybe, is a good swimmer, isn't and he? Ferris is, not, is, a good, is a very good swimmer, yeah. much better than Merino, so I'm p- picking there, maybe it was a non-wetsuit a wetsuit swim last year, but swam 50-57, rode 425 and ran 250, and also remember from last year, you know, Merino, when he set that record, would have been low 240s, I'm thinking 248, 42, something like that. So that's sort of about 13, 14 minutes already that takes it down to sub, to be a sub eight, so... Maybe they, and then the heat factor, maybe that's about it. But Ferris took it out, um, ran 250 for an 8.11.31, did it pretty comfortably. Um, second place was Daniel Fontana in 8.20 and in third place, Pedro Holmes in 8.26. A um, couple of the guys I discussed last week, I was going to be interested to see how they went. Um, one was Tom Lowe, um, didn't have... Great race. An amazing right. day, you know, he only swam 57, he's not a, not a, a strong swimmer and without the wetsuit would have disadvantaged him further. Road 4.30, looking at the rest of the splits, pretty competitive but only ran a 2.58 and he's a better runner than that. Um, the other one there that's probably a little bit disappointing was Michael Golner, uh, he's a great athlete and also we had Philip Graves um, again blazing the pace on the bike um, only to be reeled in. I think he might have been first off the bike um he was either first or second but he um faded into oblivion on fairly early in the run and on the girls side of things i think it's gonna be the worst thing is, it is to be the worst kind of
0: formula of athlete is to be the strong cyclist swim biker yeah always yeah.
1: You, uh, you're always at front always getting passing you're yeah. never passing anybody. And often crumble yeah you know
0: what i mean like because you, 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 your a game is your advantage in the race is to go crazy on the bike. Mm. And you know, in an Ironman, that's just a real disadvantage, isn't it? <laughs> it sucks.
1: But these days, these guys, power meters and stuff, you should be able to yeah, pace yourself. No. To, and granted, he's he's not a bad runner. He's a steady runner. He should be able to pull out a good race. You know, strong swim, strong bike, steady run. And you know, if he'd run a three-hour marathon here and just been maybe a bit more conservative, he probably would have been in the he would have been in the top three. Um, so it's just about pacing and. Learning that um, you, just can, any John. you can get away with it at ITU stuff, but yeah. um, not at Ironman. On the girls' side, things we had quite a good race, actually. Um, Lindsay Corbin, who we predicted to, to com- fairly comfortably win, um, she did take it out, but, but only by three minutes from... Bevan, get, 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 get your Mac thing and see what pronunciation we get on her oh. surname, because I always what, what, get what it wrong. That? Erica... Ch- was it well, you see, this is why I'm asking, I'm asking the Mac a question. Well, no, because it's, you've done a, it. A, it's okay, give me two seconds. Okay, so anyway, Lindsay Corbin took the race out. She swam 59.18, so all these times, remember, non-wetsuits, so a bit slower than normal. She rode 454. Okay, I'm ready. You ready? Here it comes. Solmoor. Solmoor. Erica Sober. Okay, there you go. The Max says it must be true. Exactly. Uh, Lindsay Corbyn ran 3.11 for a 9.09. So again, on this course, it's a fairly slow time. Um, There's been girls who have easily gone under, under nine hours on this course. So you can put a bit down to the wetsuit, put a bit down to the heat, and you can put a bit down to maybe the rock stars weren't there this time. Erica? Oh, oh. Was in second place. Um, she actually swam 57, so she's normally a, a, a fairly weak swimmer. She's a duathlete by nature from from a long time back, so she was one of the leading girls out of the swim. She rode five hours um, and then she ran 309, so she lost it on the bike. Uh, I think she lost it in the second half of the bike when Lindsay Corbin sort of pulled away a bit for a 912, but still. Good for her to get a, get a second in a, a nine-man race. And third place, we had Michelle Rudolph in Big Gap, back to third in 9.44. Well, we also had the... Uh, first age groupers, sorry. Got oh. to give love to first age groupers. First female age group by the look of it was Elizabeth Gruber. She did 9.57, and she was in two, four, fifth place out of the females. And the first male was Alexander... His, his his name came up a bit funny on on the internet. Must have sort some friction in there. A, a quarter a, a, of a man, a Fr- Alexander Fruthworth I think it is, from Austria, who did eight fifty three, oh, finished thirteenth really place overall. Nice work.
0: Also, oh, we had a big event last week in the UK, the Outlaw Triathlon, and, and to be honest, we get a lot of feedback on this race. And Tim Hening, sorry, sent through one. Oh, geez, I'll, I'll I think
1: he must be busy because he did this race and he's going on to play Wimbledon this week. Hasn't he retired from Wimbledon? That's probably why he did this race. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, maybe yeah. he's just commentating this yeah, year. Yeah, he probably is. Yeah,
0: You can, you can sit down and commentate. He'll be yeah, right. Yeah. But he's just saying, uh, pretty great race. Superb British event in Nottingham. Uh, with top organisation from the team led by N. Hamilton. Everyone looking for a UK event or a non-Ironman event should definitely give this one a go. It was super windy on the bike and the run, making it a tough day despite being a flat course. Won by the infamous GB ITU triathlete, he won. Billy Harry. He of six-month ban for wrestling. Is uh, it Gomez? Gomez. Yeah. And last year's Euros. Harry Willshire in a nine oh seven. He said we may want to check there. It was 90616, uh, who led out of the water and was first off the bike. Credit him for running the marathon, which was as far as he had ever ran, given he was training for a sole goal of the Brownlee's domestique. So he should get some kudos for taking up this challenge at such short notice. Nice touch um, from his swim sponsors Hub to put in a cash incentive for him to be first out of the water. You're- Yep, and uh, basically he goes on to talk about his own race. He said city. He had a bit of a tough day, but he
1: got there in the end. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, he makes it sound like it was just a sort of, um, sort of on on a whim. Oh, go go do the sign man race and uh, pulled it off. And he did it. Nice now, work. Now, now we do get lots of good feedback about the Outlaws. So obviously
0: those guys, you know, what, what, you know, I was, I was kind of reading all the emails we we're getting from the guys doing the Outlaw and stuff, and all the good feedback we we're getting. And what I f- love about you, POMs, is get behind, you know, the, the poms get behind the smaller races, don't they? They do, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, sure, the Ironman races do well over there as well,
1: but, you know, these, you know, you put like an Outlaw race in. And there was a the Forest fun- Man, and there yeah, was um, the, and the, 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 the Kelp Man, which yeah. is on the weekend before. Lots of people posting stuff up
0: about that. And I think the, the um, Outlaw actually has pretty good participation numbers as I well. I think it's sold out. Yeah, so like it's, you know, it's good on your poms for not just kind of going the, the, the uh, typical route. Yes. Nice work. So, what actually happened in the race?
1: Um, I just saw the results. So, Harry Wiltshire first in 9.06. Chris Goodfellow second in 9.11. So, it was fairly close racing. Nathan Bradford in third <laughs> in 9.26. <laughs> On the girls' side of things, Emma Rand took it out in 11 hours and 15 oh, seconds. God, 15 Got it. seconds. God, 15 seconds too slow. Claire Smith in well, 11.09. She, she did. Yeah. Um, and Nicola King in 11.19. Nice, no, good work. Okay, we'll say Epic Darth Morth. I don't know. Do you like want to check, check and see if there's any results oh, on that? Oh, I hate I their website. See. It's got music and stuff playing.
0: Oh, I hate websites that talk at you and give you music,
1: <laughs> and I couldn't figure out where to turn it off. So my suggestion of um, of us having some live music on i'm talk when people open it up is not a good one. No, no, no. definitely not. No, no.
0: Um, Let's have a look at results. Anyway,
1: yeah. I'll, I'll start talking about uh, Challenge wrote coming up this weekend. We've actually it's kind of a funny weekend. You've got Challenge wrote which is the ETU Championships, and on the same day or the same weekend, I'm not sure if they're on the same day, but you've got. Uh, Ironman Frankfurt as well which is the Ironman European Championships uh, so you've kind really? of got these two things going on on the same day
0: so who's the champion maybe they should have a one versus one race at the end exactly they did that years ago didn't they with Reid and De Boom they I think it you're right they did a man on man yeah. 70.3 I think it
1: was yeah I think you're right yeah um, so at Challenge Rote, um you've got Cam Brown, you've got um, Timo Bracht, and that's really the you know the highlight story of the race is is those two going head to head. You've also got some other good athletes here that will be really chipping away if those guys aren't on form. Um, James Kanana, you know he's got a really good pedigree and and, and won some big races, and Mike Argos um, from from Switzerland. Old Torsten's rate uh, ratings, he has got um, Timo Bracht expected to come in an eight oh five, yep. and Cam Brown in 8.010 and then he's actually got a guy called Jens Peterson bark to come in at 8.20 and Mike Argos come in at 8.26 and James Kanana to be down in 6th place I'm predicting that I, I I think Cam Brown might have a bit too much racing in his legs for this one It's been an interesting year for Cam Brown because traditionally Cam does
0: I'm in New Zealand, he'll do a Germany race mm. We well, just does Germany doesn't he and then you know, waits till a Kona it seems like now he's going, let's just make money.
1: Oh, yeah, I think so, because he did um, Melbourne. Yeah, uh, which then, was obviously because of New Zealand. Yeah, he he went and did... Uh, Cairns. Cairns. He also did a, a long-distance race in um, Koh Samui, where he um, blew up. Uh, he's obviously had Ironman New Zealand 70.3, and... Wouldn't he, yeah, wouldn't he? Uh, he was third, because yep, Marino right. won it. Some Aussie guy got second, I think, and he was third. Yep. Uh, so... I don't know. I think uh, if he was fresh, I'd, I'd be putting my money on him. But I think that because I think it's going to be a one on one race, he's not going to. They're both similar sort of swimmers. I don't think he's going to get gapped too much in the swim. Um, so it'll just be interesting to see. But I think Timo Braque, probably a bit fresher, he might have the bacon on him there. Um, on the girls' side of things. Uh, we have. It's a good, good female field, isn't it? We have. We have. You've got, Rachel, have. Joyce, you got Grange, Rachel Joyce, you've got Belinda Graves. Rachel Joyce is going to crush them all. Gina Crawford, yep. Rebecca Keat. Um, and you've got Sonia, Sonia Tusik, um yep. who's predicted to come in third place in 9.09. And we've actually got Michelle Bremner, who's in New Zealand. I don't know much about her, but she is predicted to come in fourth ahead of Gina in a 9.14. How does that happen? Because if you have some bad races, um, your time blows out. Mm -hmm. And if you're a bit of a journey person, not a journey person, but if you've started out um, and you sort of slowly, progressively work your way forward, then the stats don't play in your favour. But I think Thorsten's thought about that, and I think it's only sort of qualified a a certain period. God knows how to think. But um, yeah, and uh, so that's the story. Rachel Joyce really is probably the clear favourite there, and it should be a good race for, for second, third, and fourth, though.
0: Well, John, Yes, I've got something to add. Yes. Epic Dartmouth. Yes. Third place to check.
1: Really? Yeah. Nice work. I
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, was at Chantal Beam, Chantal Bell? Beam from, God, oh, did not know how to say that. She got third overall in a time of, let me have a look here, um, 11 hours and 28. First was Sean Lewis, second Mark Campbell, but the podium, the check. Nice. Loving it.
1: Very solid. Oh, that is sensational. It's well done, you people. First, I think it's the first time they've had that race. Is it? I, I think so. Look at many people there. They've got about 30 people competing. in. They, the, they, had, they had all sorts of different yeah, there options. lots of different
0: races, but in a the, the long-distance race. Mm. It's not often you see a chick
1: podium. Very often, very infrequently. When was last... Has it
0: ever happened in Ironman
1: recently? I wouldn't have thought so. No. The only time I could think potentially that they might have got close is when in America they used to alternate years between... Coeur wasn't it? Coeur and Placid, where, where, where one was a men's pro race, one was a women's pro race. Um, and they, they had
0: no no pros of the other sex in those races, mm, didn't they? Very. Well, there was no prize money, wasn't there? There's it no yet?
1: prize yeah. money, so not really, no.
0: That would have been cool to be an age group and to win the race.
1: Oh, yeah, that's what happened. No, yeah. no.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, like, let's say you turned up to... Yeah. Mm. Called Lane it you
1: could put yep. that on your CV exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: Nice. Okay, we've also got the Frankfurt. How to say that? I uh, Ironman European Championships, four thousand point race, one hundred twenty five thousand dollars.
1: And the reason I brought that up is because if you are an athlete that wants to to get to Kona. These championship races is where you can crank some serious points. The prize money is, is is good, and it's better than other races. But usually, the top few positions are pretty hard to come by. But points wise, so if you get seventh um, at this at a, at a championship race, uh, you'd get two thousand eighty points, which is the equivalent of winning. Um, most other Ironman races or if you go to a smaller Ironman race you only get you know a thousand points so the points are really really um, heavily weighted to these races which is a good thing and the prize money you know um, at a $125,000 race you get $25,000 for for first at say a um, if you get eighth you get about two, you get $2,000 um, US so prize money wise you know if I was a if I was sort of a second, third tier pro, I think you can probably do a bit better going to sort of. Um, do you think?
0: Do you think you're, you're better off to go to a, like to a twenty thousand, twenty five thousand dollar race? So if you get, if you get third, you get seventeen hundred dollars. So then you know, top ten, you're still going to do better in, in one of these bigger races. But the mm. question is, if you're a second or third tier pro, can you pull off a top ten in a Germany?
1: Yeah, I don't. I I think the field in the Germany is is uh, is. F- You've got a few rock stars, and it it is fairly deep. Um, So I, again, I haven't got this thought, so maybe you can go do some statistical analysis on this, but I would be picking, if I was cherry-picking races and trying to make as much money as I could, and if I was only sort of, say, a, don't know, an 8.30, 8.40-ish sort of athlete on a a, um, reasonably fast course, I think you'd probably do better by cherry-picking and looking at $50,000 races and $75,000 races than necessarily going to these big ones. But points-wise, you're better off to go to the championship races and uh, you can crank some serious points. So, oh, oh another piece of news. Oh, <laughs> wait, wait, we'll talk about this race. and it's, Yep, keep going. So it could, it should be an absolutely fascinating race um, here between Andreas Reilert and Marino van Holnack outside of Kona. These two guys are the fastest athletes in the world. And at Kona, they're right up there as well, obviously. But they're the the two guys, if you, if you threw in... Uh, Old um, yeah, old yep. Rasmus Hening in there, you know. Outside of Kona, they've been the three guys that have been setting the new world records. So I think it could be fascinating. And Andreas should has been showing pretty good form, um, and Marino Van Holenaker. He's uh, I don't know what he's been up to this season. He's he won in New Zealand. Um, I can't recall too many other results, um, but should be an awesome race between those two. And then you throw in Sebastian Kilner. Um, he'll probably lose, but. Bl- bit on the swim and probably have to work a little bit too hard to catch those guys but he's seeded number three. Stefan Vukovic in there um, and probably the, yeah, a couple of dark horses. Um, got Paul Amy, Jan Raphael probably could be sort of picking up the pieces a bit there. If Paul Amy is on fire he can match those guys um, and also Stefan Poulet will probably lead out of the swim. He's a Frenchy former ITU athlete and Francois Chabot as well. And the girls, the girls could be brilliant as well. I mean I think you got Caroline Steffen, who will probably just go out there and yeah. absolutely crush everybody. the body. strongest name, isn't she? Mm, but she's got some really good dynamics going on in the girls race. Yvonne Van Vlerken is, um, you know, she's a little bit up and down, but she's she, on her day, you know, she's very, very strong and, you know, well under nine hours. But um, Heather Wertle, who we talked about earlier on, you know, she's decided, I guess, she wants to get to Kona um, and she needs points and she's obviously in good shape um, based off. Coeur um so she's just rocking over there and gets um, some, points, probably, get some yeah. points and some money. I guess the other name that I'm interested to see how it goes she goes over there is Nikki Butterfield. Now she won um, Abu Dhabi uh, earlier in the year, so I don't know if she's done the Ironmans or not, but she could be someone who could uh, mix up the podium a little bit as well. And you've also got Fernanda Keller still going still racing as a pro um she's in the mix as well okay john well there's another piece of news that we haven't really talked about and that's Cristiano mm. is not doing the corner well i don't think that i mean i i, I didn't mean I, mean I did mean to bring this up last week but he hasn't got an iron man under his record and you've got to have a decent finishing iron man to get enough points so yeah. um i, I was going to bring that up last week we well, did call
0: lane but he had to pull out yeah yeah and and he's had injuries all year and he's just saying that Unfortunately, the, he's got an, he's got an Achilles problem. So, and it's just he he said
1: that he probably shouldn't have done Panama, and he shouldn't have done Kona seventy point three. Yeah. He was staying at the same hotel as us at the Mauna Lani, and uh, we saw him hobbling around after the race. Oh, and, really? uh, He was hobbling big time.
0: But he is looking at doing seventy point three world champs, right? So. Good luck with that. Yeah you got an Achilles injury Not easy to get rid of Achilles I reckon Is one of the worst injuries to get mm. So Hopefully he comes around Because He, he always brings a great dynamic to Kona You know Sure he hasn't He's had a couple good races here But he hasn't really got that win That he aims for But He just he's He adds something to the race Doesn't he It's totally. really great So It's unfortunate
1: Deca Man is coming up this weekend in Northern Ireland. Interesting thing about this race, um, I, I don't know if it's the first Deca they've done, but it's a fundraiser for for cancer. So you basically pay your entry fee, and, and um, they have a minimum amount of fundraising you need to do, and all the money goes to to the sort of uh, local cancer foundation, which is brilliant. You've got the Extreme Milana, Sabato, in uh, Szczecin in Poland. You've got the Big Man in France. And you've got the ultra Man in, down in the Pyrenees in France. So if you're looking for a, a slightly more challenging race with, in terms of profile, go check that one out.
0: Okay, guys. Uh, sponsor. Oh, no, This Week in Lance.
1: Oh, no making a comeback John oh well, it's official now they put, they're, they're putting the case out there it's you know before it was they were getting the case together and apparently they're, they're either about to or they have presented their case so then what happens now then oh you see you start you, you take it one <laughs> step too far that was my it makes in, you look good that was my then... input into this week in Lance and then that's about as much as what's happening so, in no. the tour The tour, I haven't watched today's stage. Yesterday was a brilliant stage. Um, So they had the prologue and then the first stage and it was in France, it was around Liege, which is a very, very traditional cycling area and they had this brilliant finish where it was was about two and a half k, pretty full on climb and uh, there was all sorts of shenanigans going on before they get to the climb just positioning themselves and it was uh, a good finish although the guy that won was a wheel sucking Bastard, he just sat on Cancellar as well and then sprinted him over the line. So um, well, that's, someone, that's the way you win races. Someone call it wise. Yeah, no, that's the way, that's the way you win races. It's cycling but racing, isn't it? Totally. But, um, Who's going to win it? Because they're talking two-man race, aren't they? Yeah, I, I, if, if I was a gambling man, I'd probably go on Cadal Evans. Wiggins is talking himself up, but... Yeah, well, Cadal Evans has been there, done that. Been
0: there, done that. Okay, John, mm. this weekend, Lance. Mm-hmm. He's making a comeback to Tour de France. No. Right. <laughs> We're going to email through from Lyndon Box. And Linda Box is a bit of a smart man. So, Scott, first of all, love your show. Uh, my name is Lyndon Box from Jacksonville, Florida. And I listen to your podcast regularly. Aside from being a tri I'm a cardiologist at the University of Florida in Jacksonville. Which puts, uh, puts next level, John. It's just a little bit above us. Just a little bit. I often hear people making the argument of everyone was doping so... It was the level playing field. This is, however, a naive view of how drugs work. In general, drugs have a predictable effects, have predictable effects. However, we frequently see significant variant in how individuals respond to a drug. The most obvious example of this would be the side effect. Less well-known to the general public is that the positive effects also may vary. For example, when I treat people with blood pressure, I often see a wide range of redu- reduction in the MMG. I mean HG. There are a multitude of reasons for this, but a significant factor is the patient's unique psych- physiological profile. We do all, we do not all have any research. Oh, sorry, we do not have any research on performance enhancing in drugs and how they work for different people. You can imagine why this is because it's so it would be controversial res- um, research. However, I would imagine it is also true of PEDs that you will see a verbal, var- variety of responses. Uh, the take home point is that not, if everyone is on PEDs, it's, it's not level playing field. So yeah, it's still not, the, they're getting the most of their abilities. So, just a sad situation and uh, more reason to battle doping. Mm. So, there's her.
1: I still think yeah. everybody was on drugs in those years, um, But God. I totally agree. You have no proof. I have no proof. But uh, I totally agree that, you know, we've, we've, we've done studies here in Christchurch like one of time. drugs? No. Um, yeah, I took lots huh? of drugs all the way through my career. That's why you Exactly. Day. <laughs> uh, he was on drugs as well, but he just... Yeah. He, <laughs> he, oh, he, he He wasn't responding as well as I responded. Oh. Um, but for example, we did uh, some study on um, uh, hypoxic... Altitude training and um, what do you think th- of that? Um Well, the the it didn't you know the, the the blood research showed that it didn't really do bugger all for me, um, and the same thing applies for when people go to altitude. You know, some people are good responders, some are not. So you, you, you're totally right. It it still didn't make it a level playing field when everybody was on drugs, but um, they still
0: were. What, what did work for you, John? Um, if, what, of, of all the tricks you've tried?
1: Hmm. Uh, there's no silver bullet. There's no there's no shortcuts, Bevan. Just got to do hard, consistent work. Consistent training is what worked for me, Bevan. Consistent training. That's why. Consistent you're... coffee drinking as well, with the hundred percent Maui coffee.
0: Nice, nice, nice little segue there into the sponsor. Of Coffees uh, of
1: Hawaii. And I've got, I'm thinking, Bevan, not this year because we've sorted for this year. But one year I've got to go to Maui because I've never been there. People talk up Maui, and uh, say it's a marvellous place to go to. We and need to.
0: We, we, what we need to do is we need to have a holiday at the end of this trip. We work so
1: hard. Well, that's what I'm doing after um, the camp. We're getting the wives coming over after oh, after he got the permission to yet. do it two years ago. And, a row. and uh, but you're totally right. We need to do something afterwards at some stage. You, coffees of Hawaii. Um, you can get Maui coffee on there. They've got three brands of Maui coffee. 100% Maui mocha. Um, they've got. Kohaku o Ko Anapalara. Nice. Something like that. Nailed it. And they've got the same one in pea <laughs> <laughs> And that one that I couldn't pronounce is 100% Maui red. Katuia, arabica bean, coffee beans, custom roasted at our. God, I haven't done my peas on this no, one. No, neither. Kuala <laughs> Patoa <laughs> Plantation with Molokai's interpretation. A medium roast coaxes out a subtle Maui Attitude. Balanced with hints of spice, this coffee is the lightest roast we offer. There you go. So, if you're after a light roast, this is the one to go for. So, check it all out. Coffees of Hawaii.com. They've got lots of different varieties, so you don't need to be getting the same sort all the time. And one of those varieties is the Maui. There you go.
0: I don't think that's how they say it. There you but go. Hey, the
1: mix says that it, it must be true. So, one hundred percent Maui coffee. Go to coffeesofwa. com. If you want the promo codes, go to imtalk. dot me. And uh, fact. Okay, fire away with coffee fact. Came from Stuart Minery, aka I mean via Asker.
0: You
1: You can throp, Yeah, yeah. Who's yeah. Asker? Sorry? Who's Asker? Is he, is he's a nutritionist and was advised like Chrissy Wellington, um, Hayley Gabris-Lassie, very smart guy. Um, We've had him on the show, haven't we? No, we haven't. I've tried to get oh. him on the show, didn't get any reply. Come on, um, Asker. He, he now works for Gatorade, um, oh. d- sort of their, I guess their lead researcher at Gatorade, I think it is. So there you go.
0: Well, Asker obviously heard that we need some facts. Right. And then Stuart said it to us because Asker's saying, moderate coffee drinkers? We're at 11% lower risk Of heart failure Okay So there you go Moderate amount of coffee John From coffees of Hawaii You're going to live a longer life There you go It's adding I predict another. If you live for 100 years You get to live another 11 years There you go So get on it now team It's an investment in your future Righty ho Hot topic of the week guys Brought to you by SLS Try And apparently well, what, what, what basically, what, it was John Ellis' one, wasn't it? It was John Ellis, yeah, a John couple Ellis, weeks ago. Wait a second, let me pull it up. John Ellis was basically saying, if, if, if an organisation like Challenge or, or Rev3 or, or one of those guys put on a, a race in Kona on the same course as Kona, would you guys do it? Yeah, that was there, just do right? it. And, uh, yes, let's, let's go through
1: it. Um, righty-ho. Doran dropping the base basso. <laughs> First off, kudos for a great discussion topic. Um, I think that, like many things, the reaction would be very polarised. Some would undoubtedly jump at the chance to compete on the Big Island. The reality is many athletes do not have the time, dedication, ability to qualify for Kona, but they do have the wallet to afford the trip. The purists among us would, of course, hate this idea. Personally, I think it would be a successful race and could easily draw 2,000 people.
0: Dave Hayward's got, I wonder if WTC would bring any kind of legal action against them. I don't know on what grounds it would be for. I wonder if you can register for a race course as a trademark or something, or would WCC threaten to relocate their race if the multiple occasions involve putting on the event and issues permits to someone else before for a different race. So basically, saying would they be able to say you know would the organisation of the Kona Council help that, let that happen twice? I'm sure from an athlete's point of view, there would be plenty of people willing to enter. Maybe it could be a
1: challenge of revenge (laughs) for WC taking over the Kins race. Shannon Sappington Hagen, then why would you ever try to qualify? It's not the prestige of belonging to a private club. I say no, and I'm not an Ironman, but my husband and his friends are.
0: Oh, nice. Okay, well, Stuart Moore's got, yeah, I'd love to do it. No different from entering the lottery. Uh, Only now I am up against every elite age grouper uh, and don 't forget
1: is hasn 't always been a WGC race uh, Graham Dean, for those of us who may not qualify for the worlds at Kona, I think it would be welcomed for those who do who do qualify wouldn 't need to be there, but that 's fine. There are always two types of athletes, those that go on to win and those that do it for the experience.
0: Okay, Greg uh, George Lason, I should say uh, that would be a great idea, and depending on the island 's mentality. the event even more overnight stays pouring in imagine with a timely distance to the real thing it could be an awesome racing training race this could benefit the big event as well and the WTC has demonstrated non-ethical business behaviour. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Bring it on,
1: yes, and bring it on, WTC. even Gallagher, um, Kona is not necessarily about the best. Take a look at the lottery spots, legacy spots, charity spots, etc. etc. The Kona community would surely love the additional influx of cash, and it would provide an extra opportunity for people to race the famed Kona course. So why not? Have a crack, Felix. Okay,
0: well, Craig, uh, Craig Nixon's got the purists. Those who have succumbed to the Ironman marketing scheme would hate it and claim it's not the real Ironman. Those who enjoy venues and enjoy well-run races, such as WTC races, would love the opportunity to race the Kona course. It's a love-hate relationship, just like a popular band, boy bands, a.k.a. Backstreet Boys. Come
1: on, they were pretty good, weren't they, John? Backstreet Boys. You had the album? No.
0: The, eh, uh, 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 I just love the uh, arm
1: actions where they sort of circle their hands and point up to the sky and yeah, love all that stuff. Those the Bee Gees. Oh, oh, they'll, they'll do it these days. Really? I don't think I ever saw they that. They that reach up person. and they, grab <laughs> yeah, oh, us, that's they reach up, grab their fists together and then yep. pull it to their heart. Yep, they do, John. They, I, I'm pretty, you should be a band a boy band. There you go. Um, final one I'll do. Lucy Francis. Every week I read the question of the week with a mix of dread, trepidation and I think to myself, oh God, What are they trying to change this time? Which is funny because I'm all into change usually. However, I'm new to the sport and what attracted me is its history. I think a better idea would be for another race to be held on one of the other islands such as Maui, for instance. Let's not forget forget the Ultraman is also held in Kona on the same course and that does not cause any problems to WTC. I think McVie's just basically got, uh, if you don't do a WTC race and you're not
0: an Ironman, trademark, if you want to do an iron distance race on your own time, same thing, it's about being part of something bigger, history. So, yeah. John, your thoughts? What about your thoughts, Bevan? Well, I would think it would be really fascinating if another piece did that. Like, let's say Challenge <sighs> on, but they also put a million dollar prize money on there. You know, like, that, that would be <laughs> right. fascinating, but that's a different discussion, really. Um, I could see why people would want to do it. Totally. And, um, and why they want to tick that box. Mm. But I wonder if when you turned up,
1: it wouldn't feel the same. Oh, I, I've got no doubt I wouldn't feel the oh, same Oh, yeah,
0: I know But I wonder yeah. Even just deep within yourself mm. You know, like Because the, the thing about Kona Is If you Like, sure, the history And the rest of it But there, it's actually Turning up and the pros being there mm. It's turning up And you've got all the top guys there And the hoo-ha Around the race And, and it's a
1: process of qualifying um, As yeah. well for a lot of people I've made it
0: Yeah, and so I, I wonder if while it does seem like a pretty cool idea for those people who may would never get to Kona to do the race there's definitely probably a market that would kind of you know justify having that race there I
1: wonder if even when you did the race you kind of go "Uh," at the end of it yeah there's definitely a market out there for it because there's people that uh, they're just not going to qualify I yep. guess these days with the legacy system that, that is they've almost protected themselves against this if you do enough Ironmans you can come and do this well, race they one haven't, they haven't
0: because that's only for people who are willing to do 10 Ironmans or 8 whatever it is it's 12 isn't it so who have ever done 12 Ironmans you know a lot of people don't want to do 12 Ironmans mm-hmm. you know they may want to do. they've done Ironman New Zealand and they'd love to go
1: to Kona but that, that's not realistic so there's still a pretty big market out there. Mm. So I think, in short, um, I think there would be some resistance there definitely from the, the locals. I know somebody pointed out the other locals would love it to be an influx of cash. I think the feeling there is is um, some of the business owners and stuff would like it, but I think the locals, the general population, they actually, you know, it's a, it's a big big inconvenience for them to have Iron Man in town. I know that it's good for the economy. all oh, the phones ring oh, the phones ring. But uh, it's a big inconvenience from the whole town basically shuts down. You can't get anything done while you're there. So I think business leaders would like it, but they may then get a bit of resistance from WTC. I'm gonna wait for Bevan to come back now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bevan's back by I'm, the way. I'm back, I'm back. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah I don't I, know. I, th- I think I think it would never happen. I don't think it ever will. But I think it, if, if somebody had the balls and some backing to do it i think you can make it as you can make it a success you'd i'm i'm pretty convinced it would sell out um i would be fascinated because you do see it in some
0: sports you do see it in sports where other organizations try to overtake the sport in rugby Mm. league you know a few years ago um for those who don't know much about rugby league there's an organization that used to be called the nrl it's now called the arl and they kind of run rugby league in in australia where it's you know pretty much the biggest you know professional organisation of the sport in the world and around 15-20 years ago another organisation called Super League basically tried to b- buy it out and they went in with a big budget and they basically tried to buy all the good players and there was this big kind of period of time where there were two leagues and it was a bit messy and eventually I'm not sure exactly what happened but they end up kind of getting back to one organisation so you do see
1: companies come along and try to take opportuni- you know, tr- opportunity to take over sports. We think Man is a big company but you imagine if someone like not NBC, but say NBC's competitor, I don't know, is, it, is it ABC, whatever it is. Well, it's normally business people, but right, isn't it? But for, for them to say drop several million dollars on an event is nothing. Yeah. Um, because if they, they
0: went, if they went to Kona and they go, okay, okay, yep, same course, we can get the same course, we can pay to have the course happening, we're going to have it a month earlier, and we're going to put on two $5 million prize money. Yeah. You know,
1: do do you think anyone's going to care about the TV And this is what happened. was uh, similar to what happened between Nice and, um, and and Iron Man. It was basically between ABC and NBC, the two news networks, um, as far as I understand it. And hopefully, as we do more Legends podcasts, it'll become really clear. Yep. But you had those two events, and the guys ended up going to Nice um, and supporting that event because they. W- so, well, then, why did Iron Man end up winning? That's something we need to ask on Legends and find out from from some of the guys. Was it purely just TV coverage that Iron Man got? I'm not 100% sure Mm. yeah so I think um, if somebody had the balls to do it uh, I think it would sell out I think there'd be enough age groupers out there that would go yes I'm never going to make it to Kona I want to go and see what it's like on that course it wouldn't have the same feel I think we all accept that and and, and understand that but for you to go and do an Ironman on the course and be able to say I know what it feels like when they're out there and they're doing it I don't think it's a race to necessarily go back to year after year but I think for the to do it I think I think it would work
0: it is funny how we talk about history in sport, you know, we talk about, you know, Coney's got the history of the sport and WTC, you know, and, and you know, the great stories that have happened in the past. But you see it in lots of other sports, like you look at soccer, the FA Cup. Mm. And soccer was and I don't know much about soccer, I'm sure all the Poms are gonna tell me off about this, but it's yeah, football for them. Yeah, football. Well, exactly football. See, I get the first, first step's the wrong step. But football, FA Cup in the eighties was the, was a massive cup, wasn't it? Whereas nowadays mm. it's kinda of like a third tier
1: cup. Yeah.
0: As the European championship You like it, using but,
1: that analogy, don't you, the football one? because I'm <laughs> such a football fan, <laughs> you know? um, Go Spain! <laughs> go Spain. They thump those Germans. Yeah, they, did, um, they I don't think, if somebody did put a race, I don't think it'd take anything away from the Kona World Champs in terms of the prestige and everything that's surrounding that. Unless they had lots of money. Unless they had lots of money and they basically bought the pros out and said, we're going to hold it in uh, September or November, you know. What would be
0: funny is, because the pros would have mean. no loyalty to WTC. No.
1: You know what I mean? It's not like it's, it's an organisation that's... It expensive. would have to be significant if it, if they put on say, um, you know double the prize money, yeah. they would probably go. We can make more out of endorsements by winning Kona. But if they if they put up, as you said, I don't know, five hundred thousand or a million, or something for first, and then some really decent, really good prize money for the top twenty, they jump straight on it. No, oh, of course they would. Ha- that would be interesting. That yeah. would be very interesting. I wish would Come on, someone do it. Come on, Rupert. <laughs> <laughs> Oh <laughs> you listeners, you must have a couple of million Can in your pocket. Up. <laughs> okay, um, SLS. SLS. Try. And oh, what about the, this week's discussion? Oh, this week's discussion, sorry. Okay, so this week. Right, picture this. Oh, I've got a book giveaway, John. Book giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> we had this book to give away. About, about three or four about, weeks. At least three or four weeks, and we haven't done it. So this week, the person who, Bevan's going to be the judge. Um, do you want to do it randomly, or do you want to do the, the best post? I think randomiser. Random, random random.org. Or do the org or best post. This post could be entertaining.
0: It could be. But it's up to us then. Mm.
1: It's too random. Yeah. So you post as a, a, a somewhat decent post on this week's discussion. You can't just put your name up there and go put me in the competition. The book is
0: The Complete Book of Triathlon Training by Mark Kleenhaus.
1: There you go. Can so, you say his name? I think so. Um, I've read him
0: on the show before. He's the guy who does Ultra, he's done like a billion Iron Man and he's I have to say it's a bloody beautiful book. Yeah. He's like it's it's
1: um, oh, Rhodesy's on the front cover.
0: Rhodesy, Chrissy, and um, Brownlee. Brownlee. And
1: he's like, the production of it is it? just amazing. What? I just thought I saw it. No, it wasn't. I thought I saw Yvonne Van Vlerken in the white suit on the back page.
0: In the bath? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but just uh, and I think that it's, it's designed at kind of the more new triathlete and it's kind of covering everything that you need to know in regards to racing and stuff like this it's a
1: good Christmas present
0: oh and the production quality is just so so great and so um, if you are looking for someone who's it's, he's called it the encyclopedia of triathlon and it's basically kind of giving you tips on everything that you need to know about being a triathlete so um, really great book and you can go to his website
1: and Bevan will put a link for that on the on, uh, yeah, on I should, imtalk.me.
0: I'll, I'll find that while we're actually doing this bit here, and I'm sure we'll have a link to it there, but you'll probably get it on Amazon and stuff like that. It's been produced by Maya and Maya Sports. So.
1: so for this week's topic, just picture this. You, you've, you're, you're watching an Ironman race um, on an Iron distance race, or perhaps almost any race, any race, where you've got a partner, a really good friend, um, and this is their A race for the season. They're all trained up for it. They're pretty amped. They've had a good build-up. They come across the finish line and they've had a pretty average day. They haven't exploded. They haven't so just had a complete meltdown. But they've only maybe just met their sort of C-level goal. What do you say to them when they come across the finish line?
0: Uh, oh, I'd have to talk about this one right now. Yeah. Because I know you'd be a hard-ass.
1: Yeah, it's a... Come on. Yeah, it's your crap day. Pull your socks up.
0: Hard. Get night. on to the next one. That's line. the thing with my running business. You know, you like when you are your mouth, like, we like 60 people running. And so... You know, like you're gonna have some people who are going to have great days, and you mm-hmm. have people who, are, oh, okay, and then you're gonna have those people, who, and you're kind of you are dealing with all the different emotions of different people at different times. Mm-hmm. It's,
1: it's, it's a so I'm re- I'm interested in again, it's not the people that have the explosions because they you know they crossed the line and they've just exploded for whatever reason. It's the people that had these expectations and they raced as hard as they could, didn't necessarily blow up, but just didn't meet what they were getting, hoping to get out of this day, out of their day. So I think it could be an interesting one. Um, remember bullet points are good people. Okay. Um, Just quickly, ironmate.co.uk there you for, go. for the complete book of triathlon training. And Hot Topic is brought to you by SLS Tri and I did note um, in some news this week that they've partnered up with the HITS triathlon series and we haven't had massive amounts of feedback on HITS so I'm going to be interested to see what, what SLS um, have to say about that. I'm going to get in touch with Sebastian around that and sort of what their plans are for the future it looks like it's here to stay and obviously um, SLS have partnered up with them um, so we'll get the inside goss on that. And the other thing, if you want to, you know, buying clothing sometimes you people want to try on before they buy, if you go to slstry.com, they've got a list of all their dealers um, on there. If you're in the States, there's, there's a lot of dealers on there. If you're out, outside of the States, not so many. Um, but if you are in the States, you want to check it out, go to slstry.com and they've got a dealers button there, tells them all the places you can sell and the other product that we get a l- consistently really good feedback on is their socks they're only 60 bucks to get their compression socks, if you use the code Talk, you get a nice healthy discount on that um, so go on there you click on compression and then they've got their socks or their calf calf um, covers uh, so go check those out at slstry.com I,
0: I, I was over in Gold Coast this weekend, they had the Gold Coast Marathon took a few runners over and I was amazed at how many people don't have them in the marathon Mm. you know what I mean like in, in, in Man, it's, it's stock standard nowadays isn't it everyone's it got their, tri, their calf socks on at least they've hit that market they've hit the tri market really yeah, really well and, and in the marathon as I saw you know occasional pair but it mm. was
1: really interesting that not many people wear them there's, there's, the stigma has been removed in try you, now because
0: you finally accepted it didn't you <laughs> once John Newsom said actually they're okay because you were anti weren't you I was... Uh, you were anti. I can show you on the old channel. Yeah, on the, on the bell curve, I was certainly somewhere in the middle. <laughs> middle, low, middle. But he's, he's changed. And once John Newsom changed, everyone was like, oh, I can do it. Exactly. That's how, that's how you roll. Okay, I'm going to put some music on. Group of the week <laughs> and uh, loving that new piece of music there, yeah, John. That's fantastic. Never yeah, used that one before. It's not awesome,
1: it's fantastic.
0: Fan flipping. Fantastic. Okay, well, Peter Colson is sent through this week's age group and he's got. I'd like to nominate my friend Lisa Harding, who managed to snag a spot for Kona in her first, of, first time in seven attempts, um, doing an 1138 Ironman. Winner of our age group. Um, From Kiwi Robin Guthrie by 17 minutes. It's a crushing victory, 17 minutes. Yes, she was also 26 overall female finisher. Not bad when she was racing in the 40 to 45 age group. Lisa qualified for this year's World Ironman Championships in Hawaii as a huge personal victory. Lisa qualified for Kona, sorry, after winning her age group in the Ken's Ironman less than a year after a cycling accident that left her with broken ribs and facial injuries. That's the worst of cycling accidents, isn't the face? Oh yes. You can't, know? you
1: can't mess with the face. No, mate, the face, man. But I agree if you can't walk or anything like that or if you've well, got broken shoulder grow bone. Well, bones back,
0: you know. Yeah. Well, they don't grow back, but, you know, maybe they do, they grow back. Uh, she went across to Busselton, Ironman in Western Australia and had to pull out two kilometres into the swim as a result of her injuries from the cycling accident. Ironman Melbourne was her first Ironman back. That was a rebuilding... That deck of cards. It was about getting out there and just really enjoying the sport that she loves. Lester loves is loved by everyone, and she comes in contact. And she comes in contact with, and is super generous with her time to others. She even made local news with her Tri-Kona qualification.
1: Kona will be Ironman number eight, a worthy winner
0: for this week's episode.
1: And when she qualified, she swam a one sixteen, She rode 5.39 and ran a 4.33 for 11.38.
0: Pretty awesome, mate. I love it when the person who's been doing Ironman for a few years, you know, is kind of gets that code of slot.
1: Yeah, and and, uh, in such convincing fashion because, as I said, 17 minutes, 40 to 45 age group, females, pretty competitive. Um, Yeah. (coughs) 17 minutes... That's 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 a solid. solid What's your biggest victory ever, John? I wouldn't have a clue. I did a race and did a couple of races once. I did one in India and yeah, yeah, that big triathlon Mecca. uh, Well, the way I pictured it was it was prize money on the line. Yeah, and I was living in Hong Kong at the time. Some people call it cherry picking, but yeah, (laughs) I I could I could fly over there, go to India. Never been there before. Yep, see a little bit of it. And um, like India, it was pretty different. I've got plenty of stories from another day on that one, Uh, but go and do a race in a totally different place, win enough prize money to pay for everything, and come out on top. Sneeze and um, have a good time so I, I crushed everybody in that race um, okay. by quite a lot granted there was nobody really there just a few Hong Kongy athletes and the yeah. other big one was probably in the Philippines again did a similar sort of deal got put up in a nice place and everything they even put you up oh yeah yeah well you were yeah. the rock star weren't you <laughs> because because this was after I'd beaten Peter Reed the M4 oh so you <laughs> had a name and that, that, they'd seen that on TV so I was I was sweet at that race wow yeah. and you dominate too I did. See? So those be two of my bigger ones. You know, in New Zealand, you probably wouldn't get that many crushing victories. There's always a half decent age grouper there who's going to be no, but it's good, the... John, because you look like a legend and then you deliver as a legend. Mm, that's right. Oh, Wow, well, that could but be it, Peter Reed any bit of it. But, but I'm not age grouper of the week. It's Lisa Harding who won by 17 minutes an Ironman in a competitive age. Maybe you should group. share it with her. This week, <laughs> age groupers of the week, jewel <laughs>
0: award. Lisa Harding, you're you're a legend, and it's great to hear you're doing. You know, you're such a nice person, and you're giving back
1: to the community as well.
0: So you are our Age Group, Group of the, of the week. week
1: Sponsor. This weekend challenge is Challenge Roth. And I'll uh, challenge Roth if you want to do the English announcement. Uh, Nadia McLaren. I know that's what, this was what brought my attention to it is uh, went on to Athlinks. So, right, Roth's coming up this weekend. I wonder who's racing on there. First page I looked at, Nadia McLaren from Christchurch heading over there. I was wondering why she was not at the JD Juath on the weekend before. Yeah, she's been over there for a couple of weeks. Has she? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yep. Going go to Nadia. Um So Jamie Wardell. Uh, so this is basically people that have gone onto Athlinks and clicked on their calendar saying, I'm doing that race and I'm putting my time down there and I'm going to be part of that community and put a bit of Smackdown talk. So Nardie is, uh, Jamie Ward-Owl is, uh, is racing Nadia McLaren's, hoping to go at 11 hours over there. She's pretty strong on the bike, old Nadia. Um, then you've got Laura Trimble doing aiming for a 945. Fegan's racing going for a 945.
0: Didn't Fegan do that race a couple of weeks ago and collapse? All...
1: That was in uh, Nice, wasn't it? And he was trying to go for the, now, for the for you know, sub 10.
0: Yeah, and do you know what happened? He was on for the sub 10 and he would have got a cone slot.
1: Mm. Gutted. Not going to get a cone slot on road unfortunately, Fegan, if you're going still. Um, Paul Dean is aiming for to break that sub ten hour barrier, nine fifty-nine fifty nine. Nine fifty-nine fifty nine. Maddie Smith's aiming for ten forty-five. Craig Beach lit ten thirty. Adrian Barry's heading over. And Peter Sachwell is aiming for a sub ten thirty. He's going for ten twenty-nine thirty. And he's going from Abu Dhabi, so Peter, Maybe. hopefully you get home hope safe. Hopefully you get out of the country. You don't go riding into anybody. Um so that's the thing. On Athlinks, basically, if you've got an event coming up, you just click on the events tab, type in the event. If it comes up, there should be a little um, a little yellow box below it where you can add it to your calendar. And if there's not, then you can basically create the event and, uh, and put in there that you're going to be racing and put a bit of SmackDown talk on there. So yeah. check it out at Athlinks.com. Yes, and
0: remember, if you want to hear your name talked on the show about your race coming up, make sure it's on there because we'll do it. Yes. Yes. I won't even see this anymore. Can you please make sure you do it for this race because yes. I'll put my athlete's profile up. We will. So. We'll
1: do it frequently. So just make sure you do it all the time, and you'll get your sh- your chance to shine in lights. That's right, shine in the lights.
0: Yes. Anyway, here's the music.
1: Corner brought to you by TrainingPeaks.com. What's that? What do you mean? It was
0: it was like you're doing the intro, but then you kinda brought the the, the plug into the intro. It's okay. Training picks are good friends of the show. But you normally go, coaches, corner, and then you kinda have a break and then you but you were kind of you were kind of you were stuck in mid lane, wouldn't you?
1: Making it nice and smooth. Well, I else you wasn't that smooth. <laughs> so last week we had to wrap the show up um, fairly hastily, and we had to do an early recording because I had to run off and and go on a little uh, coaching course I was on for a couple of days, and um, it was around sort of leadership. And but part of the course we sort of looked at that I thought might be worthwhile sharing with you guys was a bit we did a, around optimism and Bevan and I were talking before we started the show well, Actually John, this. funny you say this
0: because my last podcast
1: is on the subject so oh, you listen to fitness behaviour <laughs> Forget this section, yeah, just forgets, go and listen yeah. to Bevan's um, and it, a lot of it um, rung home for me it's, it's things that I, that I try to talk about anyway with athletes and try to to get them incorporating it into their race plans and into sort of daily regimes but it just sort of put it all together and Pulled it together in a one nice place. A nice package. A nice package. So I'm going to try Joel's to. has got a nice package. Uh, yeah. Uh, and So it's, it's optimism, and there's obviously the opposite of that is, is pessimism and, and trying to minimise um, sort of the pessimistic thought cycle. And uh, so I'm going to try to explain a couple of diagrams that I've got in front of me that sort of explain the cycle of optimism. And so you've got to think of uh, four circles in a sort of circular motion with an arrows joining them up. Doing well, mate. We'll see <laughs> if this works. Don't so optimistic <laughs> thinking. Promotes persistence, and that's one thing that, that that I, you know, we can all think, right, you've got to have a positive attitude, you've got to go out there and be really positive all the way through the race. Um, but if you don't practice these things and practice them a lot, you're not going to be any good at them. We all spend huge amounts of time training our bodies to be in fantastic shape, but we spend very little time um, training our minds to be ready for when the going gets tough. And mm. we all know that an Ironman performance is, uh, you know, I don't want to put a percentage figure on it, but a big part of it is obviously your physical condition, but a big part of it is a mental condition. And when the going gets tough, the mental side of things um, needs to kick in. You know, how often have we seen people in races where they have, uh fall into pieces at some stage on the run, but yet in the final three, four, five Ks, they might be able to pick it up. Yep. Maybe, maybe they've got their nutrition back on track, but maybe it's their thought processing that has, has gone askew somewhere there and they've sort of thrown in the towel a bit and then they finally think, right, I've just got to get going for this. Well, last I situation. think a lot
0: of us, especially in Man, you know, you get to the end of the race and you, a lot of times you can look back and go, oh, if I'd only pushed it a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. And learning what that next level is is... is is it is a mental game as well? Totally. Yeah.
1: So optimistic thinking promotes um, persistence. Persistence develops resilience, and you've oh. got to be extremely resilient. And when the going gets tough, an Ironman, um, resilience increases hopefulness, and hopefulness stimulates optimistic thinking. So it's really is, is a cycle. And if you can get all those things going together, then um, it sort of just becomes a bit of a snowball effect. And 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 then I guess the flip side of this is to is the, pessimistic side of things and probably one catchphrase that came out for me around um, pessimistic thinking is uh, is thought catching and so you can develop strategies that when you have a pessimistic thought come into your, into your mind, um, how are you going to deal with that and then shift it back up into that sort of cycle of optimism. And we've talked about this before, sort of around race planning and, and some people just like to focus on 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 um, just on all the really good things and, and, and aren't prepared when the, the crap hits a fan that um, you're gonna have to do something about it. And when that happens on race day and if you're not prepared for it, um, you know, then you can just get stuck on the cycle of um, pessimism and the cycle of pessimism again try to picture this pessimistic thinking promotes helplessness helplessness develops um, giving up Um, giving up increases despair and despair stimulates pessimistic thinking so again you just basically get in the cycle of once you've got one pessimistic thought sort of in there then it'll just sort of shift on and you'll get something else and it'll just become a cycle and you'll end up um, you know that's when we 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 Often give up on on the run as as uh, once you've had a few thoughts, it just gets worse and worse, and then you just throw in the towel. So. That one thing that came out for me was that thought catching if you've got a, a pessimistic thought that, that it, it is a bit of a recurrence for you and you know you know you just think oh this always happens to me or i'm just crap at this part of the race or i always get my this part of the race wrong or i fall apart you know identifying that and having a bit of a a strategy on how you're going to deal with that and that's going to be personal each person's going to be different but you need to recognize those consistent pessimistic thoughts that come in and when that does happen how are you going to um, work your way through that and make sure whatever you do when it happens in training try to to click into this sort of thought processing, when you're going out on a long ride and say you bonk um, four hours into the ride, that is when it's really, really valuable to start practising this because um, the more you practise it, the better you're going to become at race day.
0: Well, so so I did do it my last show on optimism and it was really interesting because it was I was influenced by his book called Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow. By, I can't remember who it was, by Daniel or someone. But, um, and in that book, he kind of does this section where he talks about... Um, if you could wish your child has, has mm. anything in their life, it's optimism, and he, he kind of goes on why optimism is such a great thing, and he talks about how if you look at most successful people, they tend to be more optimistic, and, and one of the reasons they are successful is because they do believe they can achieve the thing they're trying to achieve. He then goes on to talk about one of the risks of, of optimism is the idea that um, we, we often take risks, unnecessary risks, because we're too optimistic, which is really interesting, but. Then I, in the show I talk about a format that I found which works really well and it's called ABCDE um, and and it's basically for, for the pessimistic listeners so if you're listening right now and you you know like for, I'm an optimist of, yeah. unfortunately like I remember in an, one of my own, my aero bars broke about 20k's into the ride and I thought of a way to to because I, I used to carry tape with me Carry use one of my bloody my tubes on, as my area and I just thought I was a legend and, and instead yeah. of having real stress around that situation, I just looked on the bright side and made it work and that just naturally installed in me but if, if you're a listener out there and you know you are a bit pessimistic it, 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 fortunately it is a learned behaviour and totally. it, is, it is something you can shift but if you've been a pessimist your whole life then it's a learned behaviour that's going to take a long time to work towards, and and I often think with that stuff is that if you look at where you are within your skill in that area. So if you know you're really pessimistic, you could probably grade yourself as a
1: one out of ten. And surveys you, you know, we we did a, um, a like a, a questionnaire yeah. sort of thing. There's plenty. There's, there'll be a ton of information on the web about this sort of mm-hmm. stuff. So you search for learned optimism. there will be surveys you can do, and we did it, and I found I was actually fairly optimistic in, yeah. in some areas, and. But average in other areas But um, there was, there, This was high level Sports coaches in New Zealand There were plenty of pessimistic People in there um, And
0: it's not that pessimism Is a bad thing But what, I what, what they, This model That I've kind of introduced In the podcast is is ABCD So what tends to happen is, is an adversity happens So this is how Pessimists kind of Tend to respond So adversity happens Okay something goes wrong In my race Then there's the belief That comes with that mm-hmm. Adversity So you might say Okay you know Suddenly you, you start to slow down So for the pessimist Their belief may be that Okay I suck at racing, You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm never gonna get this goal time, I suck at racing. Then what's the consequence of that belief? So if you suddenly go, I suck at racing, the consequence is you're not gonna try. You know, you're gonna kind of go to, your behaviors of that belief are gonna be restrictive. Mm-hmm. And then, so then what you do is you go into an area where you're trying to dispute your belief. Because actually the downfall of the pessimistic person is that often the belief they hold is wrong, and it's mm-hmm. incorrect. And the belief is such an overriding belief that it really influences all the decisions you make. So you actually need to spend time. And that's where the skill comes into it, to identifying when you have those beliefs that are actually kind of pessimistic or or not great for you and to then go, okay, well, where is that wrong? Mm -hmm. And so you might look at the situation, okay, I am tired and my legs are sore, but I'm not a suck athlete. It's just Mm -hmm. in this situation, I have to make different decisions.
1: They have this thing called the three Ps and... um First of it is, um, I just wrote down a couple of notes here, how long, they've got a thing called um, permanence, how long will this last? And if it's in a race, you know, the chances are you're going through a bad patch and that's how you can sort of catch that thought and go, okay, I'm going through a crappy patch, this is what I'm going to do, X, Y, Z, I'm going to focus on that. It's probably not going to last that long. Then they have uh, persuasiveness, how much of my life um, will this affect and people can get in that cycle as you said and all of a sudden you're just in a bloody race and you think you're a worthless human being because uh and so it's um, just a race identifying that and then the the final one they have is personalization and um and it's sort of around whose achievement is this often people don't take responsibility for achievements they they do something really good and they go oh it's it's part part of the team and all that sort of stuff it's like no it was you and that's what you were just saying there is you know bevan managed to get solve a a problem that he had and then goes you know I'm the shit man I'm (laughs)
0: I'm good at this stuff in in some ways when we go that risk thing like in life like I remember as a kid I'd be walking down the street. And I love whenever I'm walking, I, I pick flowers or you know flower buds and throw them. I'm always aiming and throwing things, and and I'm just fortunately an optimistic person, and I'd throw something at something. and I miss, but I hit something else, and I think to myself, if I'd aimed for that, that would have been awesome, yeah. you know. Like, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, but and and so it's it's just a really fascinating subject, and I'm really I'm really curious to see is this a skill that you can develop in others and you know, that you can develop and I think the thing is if you are a pessimistic person and you're listening right now is to to realise that it, it is a learned behaviour and it is something you can shift. But if you go back to that whole idea of that you're grade one right now, that you're not gonna it's not gonna happen straight away. But the more awareness you can create around your pessimism and then the more you can start to have strategies that come in place when you see that awareness come up, then you're going to shift towards a more optimistic
1: demeanor. And the good news is, if you are somebody who's a bit pessimistic, you're the person who's got the most scope for improving. Um, yeah. Whereas if you're extremely optimis- optimistic, fantastic, um, there's always room for improvement. But if you're pessimistic, there's, there's plenty of uh, scope for improvement there. So I think there's two, two parts here. You know, we want to be thought catching around the pessimistic behaviour side of things and also you know, promoting the optimism promoting, giving yourself a pat pat on the back. If you go through an aid station and you absolutely nail it, you pick two drink bottles up, you get a sponge or something like that and you just go, man, good stuff. The
0: other thing on top of that is uh, I've got a client I'm working with right now uh, that's kind of personal coaching stuff and – they are kind of pessimistic towards themselves. And and one thing we've been doing with them is just they have to do each night a kind of an appreciation diary. Where that's what, I had that down there, Bevan, oh, but that's, that's fine. I was only going to make a small point of that. Yeah, and, but it's, it's fascinating the effect this is having on my client because they, they're saying... Just by stopping at the end of the day and just going, looking back, because, you know, they've always kind of been hard on themselves. And, they, and they've and they kind of thought to themselves that they needed to be hard on themselves to achieve and that they're always trying to seek that kind of, I need to be better. But in doing that, they've always kind of fundamentally had a kind of a feeling bad about themselves because they're never really there. Mm. And, um, and 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 so we've been doing this appreciation diary kind of thing. And it's been it's been massive because they've been looking back at their day and they are going actually, I've done this quite well. And then they look on to tomorrow and, and the other thing on top of that is some research came out recently, which I was reading, which is really fascinating. And they're talking about if being hard on yourself when you make a bad decision afterwards is the right thing to do or not. And so it's kind of around this opt- optimistic kind of thinking. And what they did is they um, they basically set up a situation where you're going to eat too many chocolate biscuits. And they're curious to see, once you've eaten, like you're meant to have two and you kind of maybe have three or four. And then they're curious to see that if the person who had too many who was hard on themselves, who tried to be disciplined and said, "I need to be better," and blah blah blah. Would they have more chocolate biscuits? Or if you were easy on yourself, if you were to go, you know what, bugger it, too many chocolate biscuits, move on. Mm. What would happen? Now, the people who are hard on themselves end up having a lot more chocolate biscuits mm. and end up feeling worse about themselves. The people who could just go, okay, I made a mistake, move on. Actually, went back on to you know the better path quicker, mm. and so this is kind of this kind of area of thinking is really kind of moving forward right now. But it's definitely an area if you are looking to develop yourself and you know it's an area you struggle with, it's
1: definitely worth putting some time into. Hmm. So I had down there as well a, a gratitude journal that was introduced to us, and just yeah.
0: Well, yeah, it, makes, it works. Like my yeah. clients really valuing
1: yeah. it. For me, it's, it's not something I could do all the time but you know it might just be little um, stages you know once uh a once a week, or just, I don't know, at some level of frequency, um, you know, just appreciating uh, the you know, times. you know what a good tip is? Good tip. Go help me with this. Because I, like,
0: I, I write a journal, so I do, I'm, like, I'm relying about this kind of crap, but I write a journal every night, and my last thing is, you know, what do I, my good feelings from today, and I just write it out four or mm. five things. But a good trick is, is, just before you go to sleep at night, mm. just before you go to sleep, when you turn off your light, just, just go, what did I do well today? Yeah. And just, in, so it's, because I think the thing is, when we add processes to our life, we, there's like, there's a lot of things we all know we should do. You know that that best version of yourself does, but it's kind of more work to your day. And mm. you know, like you know, the idea of writing a journal for you, it's just mm. more work. And you're like, you know, yeah. you sit down at the night. For me, I, I've been doing a journal for like fifteen years, so it's a habit I have. But if just when you turn off your light at night, this is the last thought you go to sleep is okay. What do I do well today, you know, and and then just leave your day on that, and it's an easy it's an easy process that you will
1: include in your day. Go somewhere else with that when you're just lying in bed, but we won't <laughs> g- won't go there. What am, I, um,
0: what am I about to do well today? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, hopefully, th- this is a massive topic, and I just wanted to try to introduce a few things and, and really leave it to you guys. We want to take it. Um, there's, a, be, I'm sure, there's a ton of information on there if you search for, you know, learned optimism. Um, there'll be there'll be heaps of that. One book that was strongly recommended. The guy said that if you read one book out of uh, every book, uh, is a book called Mindset. I don't have the actual book yeah, there. Yeah, it's great. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, there you go. Save me a trip to Book Depository. I'll, yeah. uh, I'll grab it. Well, well, no, I've got
0: it as an audiobook. Uh,
1: okay, well, you can buy me a um, one of those. Oh, bring your iPod around. Okay, sweet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've, got, I've got like 100 audiobooks. There you go. Yeah, Mindset's um, great. So there we go. So this was brought to you by trainingpeaks.com. One thing that I thought I could uh, incorporate into this in, in terms of a Training Peaks side of things is if you... On Training Peaks, on the the right hand end of each week, there's a little area where you can set yourself some weekly goals. So um, most people can improve in the area of goal setting, um, and it can just be reminders, you know. Um, so there's a little area where you can put in three three goals for the, for that particular week, and um, so they're not your big. You know your big season-long race, particular goals. It's kind of more but,
0: like objectives or targets, really, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I just thought that would be one way where you can, uh, again, you keep keep everything in one place. You keep your training training journal and uh, training diary in there, and just pop on there and um, just put up a couple of objectives for your week. And one are, other area that I wanted to highlight on training picks, so I did a talk on um, Sunday around. Uh, around GPS and how to how to use GPS to incorporate that into to run pacing and how to how to use that correctly. And uh, I was talking about training peaks and I just found it fantastic to, to be explaining things and understanding on training peaks where you can highlight a section of a, a ride or a race and say, Right, what was going on in that particular section of the race? You know, I did a four hour ride what was happening in that last one hour of that ride was my heart rate drifting up, was my power dropping off um, and I just found that a really, really useful function uh, Function from a coaching perspective also for the individual because they are not going to be out there hitting their lap button as they're going through a particular ride but afterwards they want to go back and analyse it. You can select that area, you can save it as a lap and then you can see a lot more detailed information. So two things from Training Peaks this week as you can set, you know, there, are, there is a little section there where you can set your, your weekly goals or your objectives or your tasks, what you want to achieve that week or a couple of things to work on and then um, if you want to start analysing your sessions in more detail, you basically open it, if you've uploaded a file, whether it be a power file or a GPS file, you can then go through, you just select that section of the ride and you can create another lap if you want to get the paid version for, for Training Peaks there's heaps more um, analysis tools you can use use the code IMtalk um, and if you're just going to check out Training Peaks or if you're going to sign up for the free version please go through imtalk.me click on our little um, link for Training Peaks and they know that we've directed you there would be awesome John I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a bit of a, a reshuffle of the show <gasps> reshuffle the show well I think
0: we'll do questions and answers and just talk about tri rating. fine and then we'll do a sponsor at the end of that have we got... Uh, yes.
1: Yes. Okay, guys. We've got two sponsors to
0: go there. Oh, have we? we? I thought we got no, one. No, we got one. Yeah. You're right. Okay, fine. Okay, because you're going to give Whistad of the Week to try rating and okay. I've had it like 20 times already. Okay. You can't do any more. That's fair enough. Dawson, Dawson, you rock okay but why don't we just talk about what he's doing questions and, and
1: answers. answers and recommendations
0: Recommendations. so you do that one first because I've got a couple of emails to bring up okay
1: out. so Torsten on uh, try has come up with his summer 2012 rating report and it's just a nice little summary of what's gone on so far this season um, some of the results who's sort of sitting on, on top who's a top dog what are the top performances of the year been? so on the guys side of things basically Ironman Melbourne dominates the dojo when it comes to performances so of the top 10 performances this year based on Torsten's statistical analysis um, the, the top Eight in Kona basically fill positions 1 through 7 and then at 8th um, place you got Dirk Bockel ninth you got David Dallow for, and that was at Regensburg and Ken's respectively and then Joe Gamble's at 10th so if they race Melbourne that seemed to have a very very strong rating because the field was so strong, you had Cam Brown you had Craig Alexander, you had Frederick Van Leer, and Nico Larnos um, so a strong field. On the girls side of things best performance of the year so far has been Caroline Steffen, Rachel Joyce in Melbourne and then Marybeth Beth Allison Texas and then all friends of the show Go all friends of the show and then he goes on he's got his uh, his sort of top 10 ratings um, after all the Ironmans uh, and then he's got some predictions for he's got all the current KPR standings so Craig Alexander has got double the points of anybody else on the KPR standings Cam Brown is currently sitting in second wow that's nice. going to get there nice um, and then he basically just gives a bit a few few thoughts on the likes of Pete Jacobs, Chris Lieto, Rasmus Henning and so on um, and where they're sort of at with regards to the rankings. And then he's also got his predictions for Kona and he's got just a few of the races that are coming up such as uh, Germany wrote uh, Austria etc. Well Austria has just been last weekend but his predictions for them. So if you want to check it out you can download it, go to tryrating.com.
0: Love your work, okay, John. We've got a couple of emails through and we just got I just up the emails then and I got one from Short of Danger Milne and he's just got he's just talking about I'm in Austria and he was saying it's a pretty hard day at the office. He was, he was aiming to do not eleven thirty. end ended up doing thirteen oh two. So <sighs> tough day. See, free uh, wet through. free swim for the first time ever in Austria. Plus wind I was got, right. Yes, one got up over uh, about an hour into the swim, making the water very choppy, and the temperature dropped considerably. So, uh, I was freezing when I got out at one fifty. Wow, thirty minutes slower than two years ago. So that's a that, that's a pretty tough. 100, 120 people missed the swim cut off.
1: Wow, that's quite a lot. Yeah, no, that, that's massive. <laughs> yes. That's not quite a lot. That's massive. <laughs>
0: and plus, uh, several pulled out of the water. Very hot on the bike. Local paper reported se- uh, forty three degrees Celsius. That's hot. Forty five in some places. Uh, uh, 34 degrees on the run. Apparently, five hundred people DNF'd. Again. Medical, medical tent was carnage post race. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> several people taken, several people taken to hospital.
1: So, shouldn't be laughing at people's misfortune there, people. Well, no,
0: no. <laughs> 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 like, okay, I just I just saw mesh, you know, like, yeah. like a mash scene, you know, like.
1: <laughs> so
0: yeah, like, so there was a bit of controversy over the we- suit so ruling. Uh, uh, race rule said that FINA approved swim suits were allowed, skin suits were allowed, but on the day they weren't. Only bathing costumes or tri suits were
1: allowed, and uh, so some people. Farris would have been right in his element in the speedos. Yeah, he would be loving it. So, so there was there was one comment that was pretty interesting. So there you go. That, I guess that explains the uh, the fair, you know eight as I said eight eleven versus about seven forty five. A few reasons there.
0: Yeah, Frank McVee's just asked if we can check out Try Limits' webpage on Facebook. They're doing the ten diamond distances in ten days, and I think it's happening now. So, give some love to those guys and just the week, this week's photo. Scott Richdale. Yes. you said it through tell us about it
1: Scott Richdale he came down and did our midwinter camp last year as my preparation for, um, for going over to France and he's got a nice picture riding away from Kaikoura up towards the southern Alps of New Zealand it was freezing cold um, but it was an awesome camp one and he's question. wearing the I Am Talk jersey oh really
0: that's mm. what I'm putting on the website exactly <laughs> okay and I think that's pretty much it
1: okay um, Sponsor Extreme Endurance. So, just want to reiterate from, from last week UK and Island Listeners is now a distributor. Don't be angry about UK. that, we, John? XEnduranceUK.com. And the main thing that that's going to give you guys is going to be faster delivery of products. Um, probably cheaper as well. Probably cheap as well. Although well, we don't know that for a fact. Exactly. So, Bevan's making things <laughs> up there. Again. Um, and remember, the codes, the codes are Omega Talk and Omega Talk AD and that gives you 20% off Extreme Omega products um, in the EU and the US. So the Omega um, Omega 1000 contains one of the highest dosages of EPA, 600 milligrams, and DHA, 400 milligrams on the market. Balanced fatty acids, particularly EPA and DHA found in the fish oil are essential for normal brain function, cardiovascular health, joint movement, immune function, healthy skin and anti-inflammatory benefits. So uh, I think it's uh, the price is 24 95 US and you get your 20% discount off that. So. Give your immune system a bit of a a kick, a bit of a boost and check it out. There is two different names. I think they call it one thing in the US and one thing in in the States, but um, Extreme Omega Boost 1000. Check it out at xendurance.com or if you're in the UK, xenduranceuk.com. Love your work. Okay, a couple of other Facebook posts.
0: Sean Porno. Yes. He he sent me an email saying that document that we had with – Juan. Juan, yeah. Do we have a document that we're meant to be sending through? No, I don't believe so. No, I don't remember that either. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Um, the Aero helmets, Aero, you know, they were talking about on the show. It's happening at Tour de France, isn't it? And
1: the, the Garmin, Garmin team were apparently wearing them. We broke the
0: news, didn't we, John? We did. They listened. Richard Saws, he's saying he's talking to Crowe He said, Are you going to be having an interview with the boys and Cody." He said, Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're keeping you that to Crowy.
1: And uh, that was about it, really about it Yep Legends of Triathlon Podcast is up Oh um, yeah definitely did,
0: did you put the link up?
1: Yes Good boy Yeah um, So we've got uh, Scott Tinley on this week's show The sound quality is
0: not best at times Yeah
1: it's a bit frustrating It did uh, crackle in and out a little bit It's a shame Because when I talked to him initially um, Maybe we should th- tell, tell him to buy mics I think he's just using his computer Yeah, but when I spoke to him initially Because he, he wanted to check out the sound quality First time I spoke to him Crystal clear Oh, really? <laughs> and then uh, it was a bit It's still fine You can still Oh, the bits it. are a bit average But you can, yeah. yeah,
0: it's only for bits But it's a little bit frustrating
1: yes. So, interesting interesting stuff Just a bit different to what we've had in the past and It's just nice, to, it's just nice seeing the different personalities, isn't it? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's, I love it. They that. are very, there's a thing about the big four, four very different personalities. Yeah, you know, big you time. Got, uh, Mark Allen, who's serious. Um, you know, the Indians, you know, did a lot of his meditation, all that sort of stuff. You've got Dave Scott, who's sort of had the sort of sports science on his side and um, just a different guy. Got a went, hard-ass. Yeah, hard-ass. And Molina, who just trained himself into the into the ground, and he was sort of a, it was... Um, Yeah, Melina was just Melina (laughs) And then Tinley seemed to be a bit more over In in sort of Melina's camp But sort of He sort of had that It's got that sort of party sort of side Californian surfing sort of style to him as well So quite quite different He kind of admitted that, didn't he? Yeah Yeah, It was great So, cool stuff Uh, Quickly sponsors X
0: Endurance Uh, Amiga com. Put your race on Coffees of Hawaii 11 more years, guys And go to Maui Go to Maui, there we go Okay, what you got, John? Oh wait, Bevan's tip of the week Yep, Bevan's tip of the week John, it's a tip for you actually Okay Last year we went to Kona And you gave me a hard time Because I had a man bag, didn't you? Yes John Yeah, no, I remember that now. My tip of the week is get a man bag oh. No, John, because when you're travelling
1: John's tip of the week Don't <laughs> get a man bag <laughs> <laughs> No, because do you, what, what do you do when you're travelling for a Backpack pack. I want to balance that load over both shoulders You have a backpack when you go to a mall I want to go to a mall, no What do I need to take to a mall? What about when you're just at the airport? I've got, I got, I got to take a backpack you've see, you got to balance the load I don't want to get a shoulder injury by carrying some man bag on my shoulder <laughs> do you have any idea seriously though how much stuff I have when I get my carry on luggage I'm like w- trying to walk around like I'm really there's, there's nothing in there but there's usually at least about 10 kgs plus in my in my, in my bag oh really I have
0: I think you yeah. should invest in a man bag if you don't have a man bag team because we've just been in Australia in the Gold Coast Gold Coast Marathon go you guys and uh and I have to say, it was plenty good having a man bag. So that's my tip of the week. Get a man bag. Right. Don't need to be big. That's a great thing. Just chuck over your shoulder.
1: Sweet ass, bro. Look like a dork. No, no. Sweet, sweet ass. Fashion. Um, so I've joined the, Bevan and I were talking before the show, I've joined the world of Max. I'm still yeah. only introducing it. it? It's only like day two. Um, it's got some some. Good, good things going on there, but I haven't really. I've got to get some apps before I can actually. I'm still got my laptop next to my Mac, and so once I get my, my mail and all that sorted, I'll be fully into it. Um, You've got to commit. So, so far, so good. Yeah, it's exciting yeah, times. Either the other goss we're talking about the, the European winter summer being extremely hot. You know, Austria was really, really hot. 47 degrees. Man, we're having a cold winter here. <laughs> it's not that. I mean, the weather has not been that bad. It's just been cold. Yeah, it is cold. Like,
0: I got back God. from Australia. I was in Australia yesterday. 20, 22 degrees. Beautiful day. Yeah. Come back here last night and OMG. Oh.
1: So oh, that's Oh, it. mother glory. ha. <laughs> It was good <laughs> That was good um, It is cold But hey It's not So, like so your biggest cost Is the, wef- the weather right, About the weather I should watch one news More often They have like weather reports Three times during the news I know What's that about <laughs> they have, the,
0: Seriously It's ridiculous They have a weather update Before the news Half-life. Halfway through the news And at the end of the
1: news It's I, I know why they do it People like that stuff it's I'm so sitting stupid. here I'm sitting here Complaining about the weather And
0: nowadays Because I've normally Got the laptop on So if I want to check the weather I can do it
1: straight away mm. It's just stupid. Bevan, other goss, uh, just ticking away with a little bit of running and uh, p- p- school holidays. So just trying to avoid being in the house as much as possible. <laughs> 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 That's pretty much it. It's the- He's in school soon, is he? No, the preschool holidays are the same. So uh. they have two weeks off. So, so now, oh, that I've got gonna... my, now I've got my new Mac, I've set up permanently over uh, at... Icebreaker, okay. John. Oh, you got yourself a bit of icebreaker got a action. bit of
0: icebreaker. Look at this, eh? Scott McNabb.
1: Scott McNabb. Rocks the party. <laughs> I tell you a story about that? I sent Scott an email the other day because... Uh, um, Thank you, Scott ice- McNabb. Ice- if, you, if you guys... Seriously, Icebreaker, best in the world, is. isn't it, John? Yes, yeah, so Icebreakers support beautiful. a number of the events that I do. And, um, and so I sent Scott an email the other day saying right, um, I need to get some more icebreaker stuff, uh, can, you hook, can you hook the brother up with some icebreaker stuff because uh, Belinda's telling me I need to upgrade my wardrobe. As I sent the email, Belinda was actually in the icebreaker store buying me stuff off Scott oh, McNair. I oh, know. <laughs> he's like going, what's going on here? And, and she t- said, oh, don't, tell, don't tell John that I bought anything uh, and he's probably going, anyway. So you got um, some, is that new icebreaker top now? Or is no it? it's not, but
0: I've got some coming on my Seriously, birthday I, which yeah, is this week. It's beautiful man. I, do, I model for them Right Nice I'm a and, uh, and, uh, and it's beautiful Beautiful clothes So mm-hmm. the Icebreaker team Get onto it Seriously yes. good stuff John Been in Australia so You point that finger at me Because I'm just saying Listen to me young man Yeah Listen to me I used to have a teacher Mr CP
1: Why are you? He's a, tr- he's a good triathlete Mr CP yeah. He's, <laughs> he's <laughs> like He's like Got about a million diseases Going on He's got leukemia He's got Oh le- really? Oh Yeah and he still does triathlon. He can't swim in the pools because the chlorine stuffs up his skin. So he, all he does is swim over water year round. Um, and he, he is 80. I'm pretty sure he's 80. He's, either, yeah, 75, he's, he's either 75 to 79 or he's 80.
0: Oh, you. Get to the year. That's what he used to He'd poke you in the
1: chest. Mr. CP. I don't think I was his favourite student. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But he was a nice
1: guy after I left school. So, we're, sorry. I introduced him, Mr. CP. What was your... You pointed oh, finger point, at yeah, You've been to Australia.
0: Well, we went to Movie World. Yeah. Bad idea, John. We were on the worst day of the year because what happened was, first couple of days we were in Australia, in Gold Coast, on GC, it was a bit wet. And mm-hmm. so we were going to go on The Thursday to the movie but it was a bit wet. And we said, oh, We'll wait till Friday. Hopefully, it's better weather. Friday morning comes up, clouds can't but look looked like it was clearing. So I was like, baby, commit to today. So we committed. But pretty much, whole of Australia did as well. Really? Yeah, it was so so busy, it was ridiculous, and it was also school holidays. So seriously, it was like ninety minutes to get on a ride. Wow. Yeah, I think I did three rides all day,
1: and then yeah, it was a
0: bit of wasted space to be honest. But those places must make some money.
1: Uh, Big capital investment up front, but I guess they get it back. Well,
0: it was ninety bucks. You're paying hundred bucks in New Zealand to get in, Mm. just to get in, which is Mm. you know like you know what. It's a day skiing. Yeah, know, yeah totally. To and it's a good day, you know. If you know, if it wasn't so busy, it would have been a great day. It was pretty it was so busy. But but then, you know, your food, you know, you've got kids, you want to buy them you know, a know, tweedy bird. and
1: I'd be taking my backpack in there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, yeah, so they must make some coin at those places. That was good. What else have we been doing, John, I, uh, at Gold Coast Marathon? Mm-hmm. Just the guys, heads, a couple of the Kenyan guys. They're saying at the race that I think it was 126. Don't... don't, don't Quote me on that, but 126
1: Kenyan runners have made the Olympic qualifying oh, no, I'll, time. I'll quote you on that because I, I, I saw it. Are you going to quote me? Good. Yeah. Yes. I saw Say that. Say quote. I, I quote. <laughs> uh, I saw that number um, or a number. I, I actually thought it was more than that. Um, I'd, I'd seen it somewhere written down that they had a, a massive number of people qualify for the marathon.
0: 126. The I don't that know that I don't right.
1: what the qualifying time is. I think it's probably about 220. No, no, it'd be quicker than that. It'd be like 215. I would, if, if not quicker. Um, really?
0: To, to qualify?
1: Yeah, 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 well for the A qualifying standard oh, okay. You've got an A qualifying and a B qualifying standard um, I'd be, and again um, um, Good old Swanee will probably pull me up on this and, uh, He always does A couple of other marathon runners <laughs> But I'd be predicting be about 2.15 It'd certainly be quicker than two. Are uh, they doing it on the, marathon,
0: the London Marathon course? At the Olympics?
1: I would have thought so, but I, I wouldn't but I'm, it, I'm not going to get it quite we'll on in a stadium,
0: so maybe it would mm, Don't know Wow, 126. But so the Kenyan guys,
1: far out. They're impressive to watch. Do they just, just smoke it off the front from the beginning? No, it's about
0: six of them actually. And then kind of slowly faded away. And then what happened was really funny. Was that I think it was the guy who got second or third. So he was obviously being a pace setter for his mate. And uh, there was two Kenyans and an Ethiopian guy. The Ethiopian actually ended up winning it. The short guy. And Jesus, uh, amazing watching their kick. You know, just in the, end of the marathon, he's still just kicking his butt. You know, just mm. such long strut length, But. um, Awesome to see, but uh, so so one of the Kenyans was obviously trying to get rid of the Ethiopian guy and pacing for his mate, and he was obviously going to run to about thirty k's and then pull out. So he gets to thirty k's and he just stops and, and, and oh, okay, you know, that talking about oh you know obviously pacing blah blah, blah. and then he comes second because he obviously thought oh actually I'm doing alright today, so I'll see how I go. and He, he starts up again and he ends up coming second. So nice, yeah, so that was pretty cool. And uh, yep, so it's good. Uh, lots of shopping, John. Mm-hmm. I am fashion again. Oh dear, yeah, yeah, because yeah? right, my my strategy is. Shop twice a year. Yeah, just go in and nail it. And uh, and <clears> so I'm, I'm, I spent around twelve hundred dollars on clothes. Uh, my policy: shop once every twelve years. Go hard. <laughs> I did scheme stuff from her Exactly. <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know, it, it, it was really interesting because Joe's not a very good shopper, yeah. which is great. I mean, the is not a very good shopper.
1: <laughs> sounds like my kind of girl. She
0: She's, she's my, my girl. Rocks, yeah. but. So normally, like last time we went overseas and we did the shopping thing, I came back with you know ten bags of clothes because I had my one once a year shop strategy or twice a year strategy. And she came back with like two tops because she's very indecisive when it comes to making decisions. She's a new woman, John. She came back with about eight bags. She was and then she went back to the mall we were at three times. There you go, eh? Yeah, so good on her.
1: Great. Yeah. Anyway, that's about it. Uh, anything happening this week? I've got to that back. Oh no Shag is back Well so, It wasn't even from shagging it was just no. yeah, It's just got a bad back. Yeah
0: Yeah So I, gotta, I think I'm going to see a chiropractor today um, You know what I'm doing You're
1: optimistic about that uh, Yeah, It's going to be right
0: Yeah you It's do, not going to last that long You do It was pretty Like the other day It was so bad It was calling like, Shit my career's over Kind of bad So But it's getting better But um, One thing I do do Which is really cool I go out to the youth jail mm. And I do talks With the youth jail kids Because I was a bit of a badass When I was a young kid And so you know, they, they relate to me And uh and so I'm going to do that. And I'm spending all day Friday, you know, basically from around 14 through to 18, the worst offenders in the country. But the good kids have just gone down a bad path. And so I kind of get to spend some time with them. So I'm doing that this week. Well, good. It's my, you know, kill the this world, week? make it a better place for you oh, and for me boy. and the entire oh, human goodness. race. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there are people dying. You know. <laughs> anyway, oh, rusts. I'm I'm you in know, Train hard. Train smart. Kick